Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Okay, Vet Church, we are sitting here today with Robbie Holder. Robbie Holder is a Navy veteran, four tours, three, three tours. Um, you're just going to have to tell us about it. What, what kind of, I did, I did three major deployments, uh, with the battle group two of the U S six fleet with the U S S Dwight D Eisenhower. And I was a member of, uh, BF one forty two. Uh, an F-14 fighter squadron out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, the Ike was stationed in Norfolk. So when the ship left port, we boarded the ship. You know, about a 30-mile drive. I had to pack up all our, all our equipment. And uh, it was always a chore. But, yeah, it's been a long time ago. But I live with it daily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I met you because you're a musician. You saw what I was doing, and right. basically said to me, "Hey, you can. You're doing a good thing here. This music music heals people. It works. It's important. You need to get out here and keep doing it." And and that you know that really. Um, you were instrumental, and in, I, I wouldn't have probably got into the last honky talk music series without a big talk with, from you. I remember calling you from a hotel room in Cincinnati. Right, I remember. <laughs> and I was just like, what are, what are you? You had this real cool card, I think you gave me. Yeah, I got a card. And I didn't even bring any with me this trip. I got one tonight from uh, one of the guys. How long have you been playing music? Well, I started trying to play music in 1973, uh, but I wrote my first song, attempted to write, and then finished a song in 1976, and uh, I just, uh, through self being self-taught and just experience of playing with others, especially when I got in the Navy, there were... Uh, there were a lot of talented guitar players, really. Uh, I was shocked. And I met some guys that I learned stuff from. <clears throat> and uh, I advanced. And uh, 1990, I met Greg Moore. Uh, Greg Moore was a, a guitar instructor from Newburgh, Indiana. But actually, he uh, he graduated high school from North High School in Evansville, Indiana, and he went to work for uh, Frank Sinatra right out of, right out of high school. <clears throat> Pretty phenomenal. He played with Louis Prima and Doc Severinsen, the Diamonds. He was the only uh, he's the only white member of the Diamonds, and uh, the producer was blonde and didn't know Greg was white and made the comment, you know, about, 
what a great player this guy is. And uh, they told him that Greg was white. And he was like, I, I don't believe that. He said, he said I, I am, sir. And anyway, they got to be really good friends. Bumps Blackwell was his name. He produced people like uh, Al Green, Sam Cook, these kind of people. Whoa. Yeah, he took all, all the major – I mean, his – Greg was a, one of the pallbearers at his funeral with Casey Kasem, Quincy Jones, I think Al Green, these kind of people were involved. And uh, anyway, Greg went through his career – and was involved in some kind of accident, automobile accident, broke his wrist, and got he basically couldn't play all the time like he did. So he was straight guitar. Yes, and I mean this guy, he's the most knowledgeable guitar player I've ever known in my life. Uh, and I started studying with him. I studied with him for three years, and. Uh, we got to be really close friends. And uh, he's just a wonderful example of having class, you know, being professional on stage. I learned about so many things from Greg. And uh, also, um, I need to mention, as far as my music, Diane Petty. Uh, she was the vice president of CSAC when I met her. That's a, an artist rights organization. You have BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC, and they uh, are supposed to make sure that the artists get their money. You know, that's what that's all about. But I would take, I would go see her and take my music, and she would listen to it and critique it. And, uh, I remember the first time I went, man, I got slapped around. I wasn't expecting that. It was a blow. And uh but I, I learned from it from you know, every time I went back it was it was a lesson. And uh she really helped me. Her, her and Greg Moore are the reason that I'm playing all over the country, you know, now, today. And and I mean I heard you play. We did the songwriter circle today, right? And then you stood up there and played in front of you know everybody at the festival, and it was awesome. Thank you, thank you. I think you're the only veteran to play today. I I don't I don't know the uh, I didn't know all the people that played, uh, but Hal, I he, I probably that's what Hal said when I got up there. He wanted to get introduce this veteran. I don't, you know, I don't know why didn't, you guys didn't, but get get up there. But okay, you're the chosen one. Oh no, <laughs> there comes a time uh, that everybody gets a time, you know. Yeah, absolutely, you, yeah. You yeah. had that time today. That's awesome. cool. Yeah, thank I was, you. I was blown away. Oh really? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, those two songs I did are sincere, you know. Mm-hmm. Veterans, uh, Sergeant Cable, young. Young man from Owensboro, Kentucky, was uh, killed in Afghanistan in 2013, and uh, a lot of a lot of people that we have both known, you know, are gone from 
from those activities that we do when we were in the military. So the people listening, they ain't going to know Sergeant Cable's name of the song. Right, right. And uh, I remember you introducing it. You want to just tell that story you told at the beginning about them coming home and, and talking to y'all? Right, yeah. Uh, I have a friend, Andy Brasher. Andy Brasher uh, is a great artist, great songwriter, and a very good friend of mine. And uh, I have another friend, Dallas Tipton. Dallas is not a writer or a musician, but Michael Cable, the last time he came home, he and Dallas sat down and they made some notes and they were going to try to make an attempt to write a song at some point when he got out, when Michael got out. But on his last tour, he was he was killed and Dallas was left with this sheet of notes. And Andy and I used to play together. Uh, he, he had a show at at a bar in Owensboro called the Owensboro, Kentucky called the the Boiler Room, which was quite popular. Darrell Wayne Dasher had played there before. It's been there for a long time. But uh asked us if we might be able to take this material and make something of it. So we took basically took their notes and wrote the song Sergeant Cable dedicated to Michael Cable and also other veterans, all veterans that have sacrificed their time and their lives, you know, for for this for this great experiment we're living in America, you know, and the freedom. It, it's an experiment, ain't it? Absolutely, it's awesome. Benjamin Franklin, yeah, man, George Washington, those people. Great people. And uh, we're fortunate, as you well know, traveling the world and you see people who are not as fortunate as we are and really have no idea about our lives. I, I met people that told me they thought Americans didn't have to work. And I was like, yeah, yes, we, we work. You know, they were shocked. They were like, thought we were all rich. But uh, anyway, after I studied with Greg, I got hooked up with several people. I'm And the whole time I'm working, I'm going to Nashville. I meet uh, Happy Anderson and Gene Anderson. They were, <clears throat> they also uh, managed, uh, Chris Ledoux, at uh, these people, they got my wife a job. They wanted me to move to Nashville. They was they they ran what's called the A Team, uh, and I was going to Nashville and playing about once a week, and got to falling asleep coming home. You know, I'm having to get up, get up at six and go to work and getting home at three, and I just decided, man, that's too much. I had a good job with retirement and profit sharing and benefits. So I had to make a decision. And uh, my decision was to take care of my family. 
uh, with the secure situation I had, I didn't, I didn't give up music. I still played, still uh, traveled and played at when the opportunity was there. But I was starting to have trouble with uh, some experiences I had in the military. Uh, and this really, uh, I don't want to go into too many details about this, just enough to know I was involved in, I was involved in four major accidents. Uh, I had a man, I had a man uh, die in my arms, gave me CPR, and uh, these airplane accidents are, they're not fun, you know. Saw a lot of bad things, and I kind of put it behind me. But after one of the incidents, which was a pilot, Lieutenant Clinton Nicely from uh, VA-12, an attack squadron on the ship. He was in a Corsair, A-7 Corsair. Is that an airplane? Yes, it's a jet. And uh, landed on the deck, and they wheeled him on the elevator. And we were, we were in the North Atlantic, and they told us if you fall in, you know, we we can't get to you in time. Hypothermia. And he didn't have any brakes, and he's trying to signal the guys to chalk the bird, and it rolled off the deck. And he, uh, he, I'm in the hangar bay, and I see all these guys running. I, I run with them because you don't run on the ship, and all these people are running away. They're running to this point, so I'm going. I'm, that's where I'm going. Something's going to happen. Yes. Well, it had already happened. This, they saw this airplane fall off the deck, and we're standing there looking at this A7. And I'll never forget it had a red stripe across the bottom. It said USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. And we were looking at it like, what's, what is, and, and, he, and he, he, he ejected underwater. Oh, man. Yeah, and uh, anyway, you know, these, these incidences, uh, when I was about 28, they really started. I, was, I went 14 days one time without sleep. Just didn't know what to do, where to go to even start to get help. And, and I, one night, well, a lot of nights I had dreams. I told my, the nurse at work, I was telling her about this for about a year. And one day my they checked my blood pressure at work and it was extremely like 187 over 120-something. They sent me to the hospital and they sent me to they fixed me up with the, uh, an appointment with the VA and that was the last day I worked uh, they wouldn't let me go back and uh, I've been it was I was in a I was in a bad place but uh last eight years I've I've worked with the VA with this uh PTSD thing and done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of shows with you, yeah, helping wounded veterans, uh, and I do that at every opportunity. 
you know, and that's therapeutic for me. And music, music is therapeutic for me, and it's basically my life. Uh, you put that on a lot of posts. You put music is my life. Yes, yes. Yeah, I try, I try not to do it too much anymore. I was, I, it's, it's just something that I, it is. It's just the truth. I mean, that's what I'm here for. It took me almost 60 years to realize what I'm here for. I thought, I mean, I had. How old are you now? I'm 62. <laughs> really? I thought you were 50. <laughs> I thought you might have been like 59 or 58. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you. No, well, someone said, uh, call me Kenny Rogers. Was that you? Who, I think I did it earlier yeah, today. Yeah. I was playing the gambler. And you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got that white, right. perfect beard. I mean, oh. y'all ever meet Robbie Holder? He's he's a well-groomed man, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. My dad was called Kenny Rogers a lot. That's cool. He loved it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, music is, back to the music, it's, Man, I don't know where I'd be without it. Uh, I don't know where anybody of us would be without music in our lives. It's like a good movie, you know, something that touches you and influences you. But a song, I'm thankful for recordings because I can go back. And I love Steve Goodman and Jim Croce and these people. And I can watch them, you know where if we didn't have the, the the ability to record we wouldn't that would that would be something I didn't know about you know and uh there's a lot of people that are have in, influenced my music and I've had the chance to be as as you were too a member of of the venerable last honky tonk music series Oh uh, yeah, yes sir. Proud, proud member of that, uh, and all these everyone I was associated with in that in that series is class act, good people. You know, and you, you're you're including me in that class act part. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brother. You know it. You know it, man. Yeah. So, so I mean. Yeah. I remember calling you up and talking about it, and then, I, and then eventually I, I found myself part of the group. And, and it was like, it was interesting to me because you've got, in your style of playing, you add in little, and I noticed this the day when we were playing, and then again, when you played in front of the, you know, everybody in the, in the Yeah You Right Festival, yeah, uh, yeah we're right. we're at we're recording this live at the annual, the first annual Yeah You Right Festival, yes. and um, you hear people talking in the background out there and all that, and uh, it's awesome because we had this we had this veterans songwriter circle where people anybody sit there and want to take a guitar, um. Got the folks with the guitars are kind of driving it, but people are telling stories that aren't playing even music, just sitting and talking, talking about why we wrote this music, how important music is, and this the Yeah You Write Festival is an official thing on the on the uh, 
Louisiana festival circuit. Absolutely. And so here we are doing this, and and I was picking behind you a couple times, and I realized at one point, not being profound guitar player, that I was a little bit out of my depth in the sense that you have a, a style of you don't just play chords as most as many singer songwriters do. You're doing little leads within the chords. Tell yeah. us about that a little bit. Tell us about your finger picking style, and then you use that great big pick. Tell us, tell us yeah. something about that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I use a pick. It's made of granite. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a hard. I don't beat on a guitar. Uh, I strum it lightly. I play quality quality instruments, and I. Uh, but uh, that finger picking stuff. What, what? Yeah, I I I use a lot of hammer ons and and uh, lift. I lift my fingers a lot, and you know they're called hammers. And I'll hammer a string and lift off of it. And, you know, it's I've, I've just always done it, or just slide down on the B string with my little finger, you know, and step back up, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I think from so many years of listening to Jim Croce and loving, loving that clean acoustic sound, man, that's what I wanted to do. And you do it well. Thank you. Thank you. I, I wish, I, you know, in one sense, I wish we had been filmed live, like, you know, some of them big time guys, because then they could have seen you. As you were talking, you were like doing it with your fingers, so you were showing what a pan looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's there's people I'll never be able to touch on a guitar. That's the truth. I know I know my limitations. I I've worked hard. I, I've had to work hard at becoming a decent guitar player. You know, I I feel like. I feel like I write really good songs, and that's not. I'm you not. Do. Uh, well, thank you. I get a lot. I get help. I'll write with Tim Ledford a lot. My my publisher, my friend, who you know. Yeah, I know Tim. Tim's a good man. I thought he was gonna make this one, but yeah. hopefully next year he's down here. Uh, yes, he would. He he's got a lot of friends here, but uh, yeah, we've been writing a heck out of some songs. We. Right a couple nights ago, I was at Tim's on my way down here. Stopped, and spent the night, and we wrote. We finished four songs and got enough for a fifth one to finish it. Cause I just have to work on them, you know, get them together. But uh, I love it. Well, you're going into the studio next week. Yes, Monday. I'm going into uh, Valen Productions with. William Gill and Keith Warman, William Gill Films. Uh, these guys are professionals. They they shoot people like Shenandoah, Loverboy. Oh, it goes on and on. It goes on and on. It does. He's been in over 100 movies. Over 100. William Gill has done stuff. He is the uh, photo editor for the Learning Channel and the uh, Travel Channel as well. They shot some TV show for the History Channel down here. Yeah. The last time I was here, about a year and a half ago, I was shooting videos and staying at Scott Green's. Uh, 
who is a very important person in all of our lives here mm -hmm. to come here. Uh, what Scott was telling us that, uh, what's that show, uh, Survivor? Oh, yeah. Naked, naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid, that's the one. They You're right. filmed it here, and Scott was telling us about that. You know, they're filming it on, back on, the, on his property, you know, while we were here. But I didn't see any of them. I didn't go back there, and, you know. We didn't, weren't interested in getting back there and getting in the, in the way. I'm not, I, I, that's what I need to do is walk up in the middle of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> 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 yeah oh boy <laughs> yeah but I'll tell you what uh, Scott Green has done so much for so many people I've called that guy gonna spend the night with him and t told him Scott I'm not gonna be able to get there until like 3 in the morning so I'm just gonna stop getting a motel no you come on man Doors unlocked. Just come on in. Make yourself yeah. at home. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's helped people out. He's drove, got next car. You got a flat tire, I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it's uh, this, 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 this environment we got into with the last Honky Talk music series here in Morgan City, Louisiana is wonderful. I mean, man. So many great, talented people. They're hard. They're all artists, but people. Part of me wishes it was still going. Oh, me too. Uh, me too. Yes, absolutely. Bridget London. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, and I could, we could go on and name a lot. Oh, we of could just sit here and talk yeah. about. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful. That was a great experience in my life, and. <clears throat> When you know when when you get invited to join a series like that, it kind of validates you, man, and it's it, it kind of makes all the hard work in your life. Uh, I mean, I've I've been I've done TV, I've done radio, and all this, but that was one of the biggest things to me that this woman, Bridget London, who. You know, worked with Waylon Jennings and all kinds of people. And she thought enough of me to ask me if I wanted to be part of this series. Yeah. And man, I don't know if she understands how much that was to me, how much that meant to me, you know, uh, because you can't ask. She, You had to be invited. And we were fortunate enough to be invited. And the people, you know, like... This festival, we'll, we'll mention my our, our good brother Hal Bruni has put this Yeah You Right festival on, and man, you gotta love Hal. I mean, Hal Hal is a go getter. He loves the music. Uh, they call him the Godfather down here. <laughs> Hal, uh, he's wonderful. Uh, so many people, music has been such a blessing in my life to bring me in touch with so many genuine, original people. And there's so many bad people in this business, but for some reason, I think the, I think the Lord guides me some way. Uh, and I, 
I always run into good people, man, that it, that have good intentions. And I feel blessed about that. I'm thankful for that. And I've made so many friends, you know, being part of this series. It was just wonderful. It doesn't exist anymore. But we're, we all uh, see each other. A lot of us see each other on occasion. Uh, might be a year or six months or a year and a half but like Matt uh, when's the last time we saw each other I'm trying to think was it Pensacola Songwriters Festival in Pensacola it was in 2019 right before 2020 yes we played that show together yes and I think I think we played together at one of them little bars or something probably did and that was the last time, you know, because COVID hit. Right. We were going to sit down and do this in 2020, and we were going to play a show together. Yeah. Actually, a couple. Yeah. Because we had done that in the past. and Yeah, right. And we're, we're a good fit. Like, we're we're in the same vein, and we sound different, and we, you know. Yeah. It's awesome. awesome. I, I love it, yes. We're actually talking, I don't want to go into this too much on this, but we're talking about playing again. And doing an all veteran tour, um, absolutely this next year, which is going to be. I'm I'm really looking forward to playing with you again. Uh, me too, man. Me too, bro. Uh, I love it. So I'm looking forward to it. Anytime we can have an opportunity to help someone out there, one person in the audience. That's it. You know. Uh, well, and what we do is kind of like listening music. We don't. Um, it's not rock and roll. It's not this popular dance music. It's, it's very much about sitting and listening and thinking and reflecting on life. Yeah, it's real music. It's real music. It's uh, I like to think of like Guy Clark and people like that that wrote, you know, about uh, things that you can use in your life and uh, Good positive lessons, you know. Things that work. <laughs> like things that work, yes, sir. Exactly. Things that work. I got this whole blue shirt that fits that suits me just fine, yes, sir. Yeah. But, uh, you know, somebody told me one time that not to, I'm no, I'm not a star by any means. Uh, some people know me. I've, I have about 2,500 followers, but, uh, a friend told me you're you're a rock star, and I said, "Man, I'm not any kind of star." And he said, "You are to some people." Oh yeah, and that's the deal, you know. And if you if you can touch one person with your music, that to me that's worth it. That's what I'm after when I go play a show. I've learned to slow down when I play these shows, and it's a craft like cabinet building or something, you know, of that nature. And I've worked at it for years and years. And uh, my goal, and sometimes people will come and tell me, hey, man, your music makes a difference to me. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm, after. I'm after. That's my reward, for, you know. I'm hoping to help someone out there. I, th- I think you do. I mean, I, that last album you did, um, I can't remember the name of it. What's the name of the last album? Well, you talking about the 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 
one with the with the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we, we didn't we didn't get to release that. You didn't release that. No. Here I'm going to talk about it, and you didn't release it. <laughs> no, now the little songs will be released. Uh, two of them are on my latest album. Two of those cuts, if it rains and whiskey, and those are kind of Leonard Skinner kind of. I enjoy playing if it rains with you today. Yeah. Yeah, I found the right pocket yeah. and just jumped in. It That's was cool. good. It's a cool song to play. Uh, and went to the studio last year, and my son plays fiddle for uh, Dylan Carmichael. My, Jake Holder is my son, out professional. And uh, he, A.D. Dunlap, who plays bass for Dylan, uh, and is a great friend of mine and Kyle Wilson went in the studio with me and we recorded and uh, that was wonderful Kyle you're just not going to find any better guitar picker than Kyle Wilson you know yeah he's right up there oh boy I love him throwing down tonight oh he uh, tonight was yeah, awesome it yeah. was it's, it's wild standing there watching that's just I love it it's hey, a spiritual thing since you uh since you brought up Jake, let's talk about you got two sons. You got I have three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding well, actually, me. Actually I had four sons. Jake oh. had Jake had a twin brother. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh tell us about your boys. Because I haven't seen them. I used to be pretty close with Cody. Yeah. And I yeah. haven't talked to him in a little bit. Yeah, uh I told him he needs to text you the other day. Because I asked him if you wanted to come down to Louisiana with me. And, uh, but, yeah, uh, had four sons. Uh, Josh, Jake, my youngest son who plays the fiddle in Nashville uh, with well, all of the country with Dean, with uh, my, uh, Michael, Dylan Carmichael, excuse me. <laughs> wow. But uh, Josh had a heart defect and they did three open heart surgeries on him and he didn't make it i'm and, sorry to hear that man. yeah it's uh there's a plan brother there's a plan you know but my uh three sons cody he's the oldest cody's 39 years old uh jesse is my middle son he's a cody works for a, uh the energy company in evansville indiana but he's called west point energy i'm not sure but my middle son jesse he's 32 he he's a professional barber he has a barber's license and all that went got a degree that's where you're getting it from oh, no, I, don't, I don't let jesse touch me i do no. yeah <laughs> no, jesse he's funny uh he's got jesse is a He's been a cage fighter, boxer. He's he's martial arts, and it, but he's got healing hands. He can put his hands on you, man, and you can feel the healing. It's like warmth, yeah. you know. Uh, and Jake, wow, my boys are characters. All three of them. Uh, Jake, man, he doesn't. He's never met a stranger. Uh, his first, the first time he played at the Grand Ole Opry, I think there was he had about fifty people that I knew 
there. Jake, Jake got all the tickets set up, got all, did all that. And he, I mean, he's an organizer, boy, he's on it. Uh, he, he plays like, he's got like four different bands he plays with in Nashville when, when he's not, not on the road with Dylan. So, uh, well, you, you wore that vet church hat. Oh yeah, to the Grand Ole Opry man, I did, and I, when I saw yeah. those pictures, I'm glad it it did something in my heart, man. It just made oh, me glad. It made me feel like we've made it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, and yeah. we did. Yeah, you took us to the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> I wear I wear that hat a lot. I wear it when I walk. I need to wash it. It's got sweat stains on it, but I love that hat. You wore it the day when you played. Yeah. I'm sitting right here. I'm looking at it. So Terry, the went the that other veteran, three tours, right. and he did a veterans interview just recently too. Cool. Um, He's a nice guy. He is man. His son as well. Char- Charles Griffin is the name on the veterans interview. He just goes by Terry, you know, and uh, he recorded you. Oh, he did. And sent it to me. Wow. So that I'd have a copy of you playing. <laughs> Because somebody come up to me and start, you know, I'm standing there. Yeah. And somebody comes up and starts talking. And I either dismiss people or listen to them just depending on what, you know, like the feeling is. And then this person seemed to need to say something. Right. And yeah. I turned around and he was recording. And he said to me, he's like, I know you missed it. So there you go. <laughs> you know, I think he, I, I think, uh, I think he told me that. When you, you, when you said that, the memory clicked. Kicked in. And he told me he recorded for Vet Church, I think is what he said. And I said, thank you. That's, that's cool. Oh, yeah, because I'd, I'd like to post that. Sure. Know, just shoot a link. I'll do it back to you or whatever. On You know, I'll see if uh, I'll see if Drew can do anything to it. Okay. And then we can post a link to it on our Vet Church YouTube cool. channel. Sure. And um, Yeah, those songs are good to go. They're copywritten. They're, they're, they're all, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that way you get the link and all that stuff, and we'll put a link. If we get it done, we'll stick it into the bio. But otherwise, if if we can't get that done, where can people find you? Because you're you're out there everywhere, right? Yeah, so they can find my music on any electronic platform like Apple or Spotify or Pandora or some I don't even know about. Uh, and uh, I've got one album that's available right now uh, it's called strong in all the broken places and that's uh, we've got a song tim tim ledford and i wrote that's the title tim wrote that with you yes and you know i thought it was good i thought the title was good and i think the songs are good and one night i'm watching this documentary about uh ernest hemingway and he's they're reading and he says I'm, I've been strong in all the broken places. And I said, wow, we did it. We got a good, I know this is a good title because Hemingway said it. Yeah. You know, I had no idea. I just saw, saw that like months, six months after. It was all, already done. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was interesting. Yeah, Tim and I, we click. We sit down and get to it. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, I, you know, I follow you, and um, it, it, you have you have a, you know, I'm a, I'm on your personal page. You also have the uh, Robbie Holder music, I think it is. Yes. Um, 
man, I don't know about you, but I have problems with them things because oh, yeah. I'll like them, and then I won't be following someone. I'll look in, I was like, hang on a second, I followed that. Or, and I've sent them out, and people, you know, like, they're like, hey, I followed you, and I'm like, you're not following me. I right, I get that too. I think I think it's got a lot, a lot to do with the uh, probably uh, uh, Facebook. Yeah, it's. I know. mean, it, it's a private-owned company, and they're doing yeah. whatever they want to. Yeah. But... It's a struggle, man. I mean, trying to get followers, you know. You don't well, want to you don't want to say, "Hey, would you would you follow my music?" You know, I mean, I know it feels awkward. Yeah, you just need to play your stuff and Well, and that's it. It's like every time I play, people are like, "Whoa, that's different," you know, and yeah. I really got something out of it or I think it was just like in here today and I put a little pitch out for the future of the Yeah, You Right Festival cuz we're going to keep doing this next year. And and we are going to start doing more music stuff together. Yeah, looking and, forward to it. And we've talked about this, too. Like, when you sit and you do some of this guitar stuff with veterans in the room. Now, we're not we're not Operation Song or any of those big operations that write a song for somebody. We're not, there's great groups that do that. But we just like to sit and play music and then talk about it sometimes and have people, hey, you know, when you play that, because this happened today in the room played a song one veteran says you know that made me think about this another veteran said well i was thinking about this right here and the next person plays a song and this guy over here in the corner pipes up and says man this brought me right here and yeah. somebody over here is like man i gotta go get some drink it's messing my head up <laughs> <laughs> so but but it's it's awesome to see what <coughs> music does to people absolutely it's a i think it's a basic uh it's it's definitely cathartic and uh, healing. It is the basic thing we need. I think like music is nourishing. I think to your soul. You know? Well, talk about that a little bit, like the that soul nourishment stuff. Because I've heard you talk a little bit about how, like how it carries you. Oh and it, and yeah, it gets me by. You know, it gets me through uh, the day. I play. I'll sit, if I'm not on the road, uh, and I'm I'm not out walking, which I do like three times a week, I'm sitting at home with my guitar, and I'll play six hours a, a day. I'll sit there and play and write <clears throat> and uh, just try to get better. You know, it's always, and I'm still getting, I'm still getting better at, as time goes on. And there's, there's a lot of people I'll never be able to, touch it's like anything in life it's like being a boxer there's always somebody out there that can beat you up you know i mean uh it's the same way with music there's there's always better mu musicians but i'm not the kind of guy uh and we're not the kind of people uh that are like jealous of anyone if someone is good i'm i'll walk right up to them tonight that i don't know that Young man playing keyboard tonight is excellent. I told him, I said, "Man, you're, you're great." Yeah. And he said, "I appreciate that, man." I said, "I'm sincere," and he was. You know, and, uh, it, especially people who are first starting out. I like to try to encourage them. I do too. I feel like we have a responsibility to a them. Absolutely. If I'd quit every time somebody said, "You don't need, you need to quit." You know, I, I would I would have quit you know, probably a long time ago. 
But no, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this till I can make something sound good, you know. And I, there, you know. My brother was standing there one time. I'm, I'm segueing into this quick story, if that's okay. Yeah. My brother was standing there, and he comes up. I just played something, and somebody was like, oh, you're good, or whatever. My brother, he's standing beside me, and he, he looks at this person talking like, oh, you, you know, they're, they're, they're congratulating me. They're saying you're good. Yeah. And my brother looks at him and says, yeah, but his first 20 years were horrible. <laughs> yes. Jake. <laughs> uh, Jake, my son, who now plays at the Grand Ole Opera, when he first started playing, he's back there and <laughs> and and my other son Jesse, Dad, Dad, please make him stop. <laughs> no, Jesse, no, I'm not gonna make him stop, man. He's gotta learn. Yeah. You know, I I saw him once. Um, him and Kyle Wilson were playing. Is it the Palace in Nashville? They play it sometimes. Yeah. I think it was there. And uh, I was actually on the road, and Kate and I had stopped somewhere, and we had a hotel room that let, us, let our dogs be watched. And so I said, hey, let's, they're playing over here on this other side of town. So we got done with what we were doing, and we went over there and watched them, popped in. Yeah. Jake turned that violin, fiddle, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. he turned it like a guitar yeah. and started doing this lead lick. Oh, yeah matching kyle wilson on the guitar it wasn't yeah. long you know because because right. yeah. kyle on a guitar oh, yeah, yeah you know That's but true. uh well but jake was holding his own man Absolutely. it was just uh, you don't see stuff like that like that innovation between the two of them and you know and kyle wilson wears some of the best hats in the business and and jake had on something really cool too i can't remember what it was but i remember standing there watching the two of them and thinking this right here is the offspring of Robbie Horner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, those two uh, together, I love it. I love uh, Kyle Wilson, man. He's mesmerizing. Watch him play, and Jake. Jake, uh, he's my son, but I, I, I wouldn't give him credit unless he deserved it. He he definitely is, is great. He is. He's he's a he's one of those musicians that. If he keeps doing what he's doing, you know, he's the kind of guy that wants up like Hall of Fame or something. Because cause he's not just he's not just playing the violin; he's making that thing scream. Oh yeah, yeah, he can make it talk. He, uh, that's why he's with Dylan Carmichael, who's great. You're wearing you're wearing oh, Dylan's shirt I, right now. Yeah, I have Dylan Carmichael's shirt on. What's it say? Hell and an Hell angel. And angel. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan was, uh, he's a wonderful person, man. Uh, he let me, want to offer me an opportunity a couple months ago. I went to Nashville and, and third and Lindsley, it was packed and I got to play with his band. You did? Yeah. Well, I yeah. really amazed me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I expected. It was great. <laughs> you are, you're a great guitar player. Oh, thank you. Thank I mean, it, you know, and I got into this last Honky Talk music series, Busting Strings, and, and I do. I beat a guitar. You watched me play today. I think you oh. asked me how many guitar strings I bring. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've seen you play your style. You got to have it's your style. Yeah. It's it. You're, and I do. I, I look at guys like you, and I think if I keep practicing long enough, I mean, I keep doing my own style, but absolutely. I, I, I'm. 
it's it's incredible to hear you live because then you can watch what you're doing with your hands because you're you're working man like them hands ain't just sitting there they're all oh and it's like i only i think this afternoon i only played some phil stuff at one point and i'm no i'm no lead guitar player but at that i think it was on the rain song and and it rains yeah man and because it's 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 rock and roll in a sense i mean it's just it's like yeah, it'd be a good southern rock song. It would be. And it's somewhere between, like, I, I would, like, you're somewhere in the, like, you're like the Leonard Cohen of country music. I mean, you've got that, there's <laughs> oh, something quiet and moving. And I don't know if any of y'all ever listened to Leonard Cohen, but that was a compliment. That's what I meant yes. it is. It's, it was a compliment. It's something else to hear you. I mean, and you asked me like, why? Did, why was I the guy? All of all the veterans here, why was I the guy to get up and play this afternoon? And it started out, you know, you were one of the first people on stage that wasn't one of the, the acts. You know, you were, just one of the songwriters, and it was awesome, dude. And it's because Thank of your you. work. Thank you. I mean, how many hours? One time, you didn't you say, how many hours a day you played at one point? I can't. Yeah. I think we were talking about that. I, I played. Heck, I play six, eight hours a day sometimes, almost every day. Is there a breakdown of how you do those six to eight hours? Or? I, usually, I have like 47, 48, maybe, maybe 50 original songs on a piece of paper, and I'll go over them at, daily. I'll play them at least once a day, all of them. And I, I do that so I can time my sets. Because when I go play a show, it might be a three-hour show. It might be an hour and a half, you know. So I have different, I'll mark something. If I only have to play a short set, uh, I'll pick the songs out I want to play, you know. Because I, I generally have to take a sheet because I've got so many songs that I've written or co-written that I can't remember them. You know, and I'll, I'll, after the show, I'll be like, wow, I should have played that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and Billy Don, Billy Don Burns, who, I don't know if we talked about Billy Don yet. No, we haven't. Let's Man. go there. He's a great friend of yours. Oh, he is. I love him. Uh, he's a really good friend of Tim Ledford's. Billy is a friend of mine. And we've done, we've done four shows together in, in the last year. Uh, He's something else. I tell you, he's a great songwriter, and uh, he asked me to cut "Motel Madness," one of his songs, and I did. And uh, he, uh, it was going to be a single, and Bill and uh, Tim said, "Billy got to listen to it, and he liked it so much. He 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 decided he was going to put it out as a single. You know, he's he's going to let me do it." But he said he he loved it, and yeah. that's what that's what I was after, you know. Uh, guy's a legend, Billy Don Burns. Uh, most of most of y'all have never heard of him, I'm sure, but look him up. He's a great, uh, great talent, great songwriter. He's a he's a legend. He, he he can go anywhere, and people will show up that know him. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I'd drive a few miles to see him. Oh, yes. Uh, he was telling me, or t Tim was telling me that uh, uh, Tanya Tucker was dragging him across the floor somewhere to meet somebody one time. He's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, they don't want to meet me. You know, and they got closer, and it was Kenny Chesney. He's sitting at this table, and Billy Don's like, he doesn't want, I don't want, no, no. And she said, yes. And he, he, he said, as he got to the table, Kenny Chesney stood up and said, Billy Don Burns, I'm one of your biggest fans, man. He stuck his hand out and shook his hand, you know. But uh, I've, I've been around Billy a lot lately, and it, it's, uh, <laughs> wow. He's a veteran too, right? Yes. He's one of us? Yes, he served in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in, in the 101st, I believe. I'd like to do a podcast with him, man. That'd be a good eight hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or more. Yeah, Billy, he's, I'll tell you what, he's something else. He's uh, Cody Jinks has cut several of his songs. Willie Nelson has cut his songs. Uh, Merle Haggard, uh, it goes on and on with Billy. He he's, he produced Johnny Paycheck. Uh, he's just a he's a jewel. Another one of those people in music that you know cross paths with. Yeah. Thanks to the last Honky Tonk series, that's right. You were probably there that night, the night he played. We all played a show. Oh, yeah, down here? Yeah. yeah I yeah, played so the same we, show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize who he was until the show. Right. And then afterwards, about 2 in the morning, him and I were sitting in the Waffle House, and I, I decided I was going to get up the courage to go talk to him, and I did. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it is. He is a great person. And that's what I was saying. Uh, look him up. Uh, look him up on YouTube. He's got He's got a lot of music out there. And uh, I, I I like to encourage people, someone that people that I really enjoy. I like to encourage other people to listen to, uh, hoping they might get the same enjoyment from it. Like I mentioned earlier, Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman is someone who, to me, is a perfect example a perfect example of true courage. He was 20 years old, and he was diagnosed with terminal leukemia, and he lived to be 36. But when he was 21, he wrote City of New Orleans, and then he wrote the greatest country and western song. Yeah. Yeah. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison, <laughs> you know. Uh, he's got a song called Talk Backwards, and he's, sing he's talking backwards in the song, and it's... Man, he's uh, Steve Goodman. Look Steve Goodman up, please do. Uh, he's a he's one of the best friends I never met, right there. Yeah, and I, he's a big influence on me. I didn't even realize it for years that he was influencing the way I praise stuff and uh, and the thing about him, the reason I think he's a profile in courage is because he's always. If you, when you see his videos, he's he's snapping his fingers and dancing and smiling and playing. And he's a bundle of energy, and it's so positive. And the whole time, he knows, you know, his time is limited. 
because it was it, yeah leukemia uh he died when he was 36 1984 i mean and this is steve goodman steve goodman yes i didn't know this yes absolutely he played with john Prine and uh oh steve goodman played with a lot of people whoever he wanted to play with yeah and he like i say the man had courage and uh, something to be learned from that watching him and seeing the uh joy and the the heart and the the intensity that he put into being happy and entertaining those people and really doing his thing you know and uh i w- i wish that's what i wish to be able to do what like i so many people will call me and say hey man remember the guy you turned me on to and I always know, yeah, Steve Goodman. Yeah, yeah, I'm still listening to him. I love him. You know? Oh, yeah. I love, love God. I love the guy. But uh, there's a lot of good music out there. I'm just thankful we can record, you know? Well, I love it that you said something like your, um, earlier today I was talking to you and you said I have 100, how many, 100, 100? Oh, probably, 100, uh, probably over 150 songs registered with BMI. I'm sure... I had 99, and Tim said I've given him 68. So that's 167. And we just wrote, well, we basically wrote five songs. They're not all finished yet, but uh, soon we'll have those songs, and we've already got ideas and start started on other ones. Uh, Tim and I just need the time. He's a truck driver as well, and he stays on the road. Yep. And here I'm retired, you know. I'd be down there at his house, we, cause we we're productive. I mean, uh, I've had friends sit there and watch us write. It's like, wow. They always say, wow, man. But I didn't know that's how that worked. Absolutely. He's, oh, it's it's. I love writing songs. I do too. It's a you know it, you can't I. It's uh, co-writing with someone. You have to put yourself in check because you have to be able to for that other to listen to that other person and their point of view because everybody thinks, well, I've got this figured out. Here's what we'll say. Okay, well, if the guy I'm co-writing with doesn't like that, I'm going to listen and we're going to figure it out and we're going to work it out together. And if we can't do that, then we can't write together. Exactly. Yeah, because I'm not right all the time, and neither is anyone else. What it's it's not about. It's not to me. It's not about me writing the song. It's about the song get, getting done. Mm-hmm. You know, the story being told, and laid out the proper way. Uh, we're writing a song. Well, we just finished finished it. It's not smoothed out yet it's not uh polished yet but it's called outlaw train and uh we man we had pages of notes on this song we tried to write it and uh i decided first thing we need to do here tim is tell draw the picture of what's going on what the object is it's this outlaw train you know and it says there's a story passed down around here about an outlaw ghost. 
And when, when Granddad told me about that train, it was him I believed the most, you know. And it just goes on talking about this, it's a, it's a ghost train, you know. It's not, it doesn't exist, or it, it, but people see it. You know, it's, it disappears. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's only seen at night. And uh, it's just, it's a cool idea. I told Tim, I said, I have to, I have to have a train song, man. I don't have a train song, you know. I mean, all the songs you don't have a train song. Right. I want a train song. Billy Don Burns. He got Lonesome Seven Seven Two O Three, and uh, that really got me wanting to write a train song. Johnny Cash has got them. Hank Williams had them. You know, I I love it. Uh, so we we wrote us a train song. All them boys, you just I don't know if Hank Williams would. But the, but the other guys, they're all veterans, right? Johnny Cash is yeah, Absolutely, yes, sir. Billy Don's a veteran. Billy Don's a veteran. I'll tell you who else is a veteran. And, and they should write a book about this guy. Chris Christopherson. Oh, yeah. He's a Rhodes Scholar. There's two of those in the nation every year. Two The two best students in the nation. They pick them out. He was one out of high school. He finished, Rhodes Scholars finished college with their degree, and then they go to Oxford in England and go to school there for four years. Well, you're a doctor at that point. So Dr. Chris Christopherson joins the Army during the Vietnam War and is a helicopter pilot, a combat pilot, and in combat flew missions in a helicopter, which is, Dangerous just to get in one, much less to fly into a firefight and, you know, the deal. No, you, I do know yeah, the deal. I, know I mean, I haven't been in combat during one, but yeah. that, that gun beside me oh, yeah. there started for going off when I was there. So Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Chris Christopherson, movie actor, uh, songwriter. Road scholar, uh, veteran, combat veteran, and this guy goes to Columbia Records and gets a job as a janitor with his PhD and all this. Road scholar, he he gets a job as a janitor, so they'll listen to his music. And that's how he got started, and he said he wrote. Sunday morning coming down and uh, take the ribbon from your hair. That song. Yeah. He said, I've never had to work another day in my life since I wrote those two songs. And uh But he still does. Yeah. I think if I think he retired a couple, few months ago, he said he's retiring. He's like uh ninety. Uh yeah. But oh, he's uh, gonna do something. Oh man. <laughs> You know, someone with that kind of intelligence, mm. if he, if I sit down with that guy and he didn't want me to understand what he was saying, I probably wouldn't, you know. I love to talk to that He's man. made movies. Yes. He had a full-on rock band. Oh, yeah. They toured. He's done all, he's been in movies. He, yeah. And I mean, when I say he made movies, it was about him. He came up with the whole thing, you know. Chris Christopherson. Wow. What a guy. Yes. Great American right there. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, and just being a veteran to me, that 
that's a lot miles if someone uh you volunteer for your country volunteer to serve your country and you take that oath and for those of you that don't have never done that look up look look the oath up that you have to take when you join the military and there's no ex expiration date on that and uh it's pretty heavy this morning here at the AU Wright Festival we have a we had this we came up with the idea of having this veterans breakfast we're gonna do it again tomorrow morning and uh, it was interesting sitting there around a the table hopefully if you're a veteran you, you hear this this year in 2023 you join us around the table having breakfast next year That'd be it great. was cool sitting there with all these different guys hearing different stories and and everybody there I mean there was a son of a veteran there you know and, and it's like everybody grew up in this community and it, we've, we've become a tribe like the son of the veteran he knew just I mean yeah, he knows. It, it was wild because because we did something with our lives, and and yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I got I got this bee in my bonnet to sit here and do these. This may not be the best recording in the world, or whatever you might say to yourself. What are these people doing? They're calling it vet church, and yet they're just talking and playing music and. They say a prayer every you know once in a while, and they do communion. But what are they doing? There's sacredness to our stories, isn't there? Sure, sure. Uh, anybody sacrifices for the for the for for us, you know. I've got that song, uh, "Resident Soldier," played earlier today. Ooh, yeah. The talk about that song. scar on his chin. Picked up way back when he fought for you and me and dad and mom. You know. Uh, man you never know where someone's been you can't tell like take your dad he, he's a small he's a small man in stature yeah this guy did how many years in the military 29 20 yeah I'm talking I saw the man wearing a, his army cavalry hat and it's not a it's not a prop it's a real deal uh, he uh you just never know where somebody's been. You don't know where some old guy walking down the sidewalk, what his life, where he's been. You have no idea how many guys have been in, been in France under fire and, or Afghanistan or oh, I know. wherever, you know. And I, I love veterans, appreciate veterans so much. Uh, something clean about that life that you learn something orderly about the military uh, everything's got its place you know especially on that ship I bet it did oh yeah well you know in any 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 combat oh yeah uh, deal everything's guy has to be copacetic you know mm -hmm. everything's got its order and got its time and rank and everything's done in a certain way and uh like i said the, the good thing that i got out of that was meeting so many songwriters so many great talents that i learned from and picked stuff up from along the way and still get to do that today you know 
when I sit and play with people. I sit and play with you guys today. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, listening, learning at the same time as well. It's, it's an ongoing process. I don't, man, I'm 62. I, I feel like I'm 20. You know, I do. Yeah. I, I feel young. I don't feel like I'm, I know I'm closer to the end of this life than I'm, I am to the beginning of it. There's no doubt. But, I mean, I'm not ready to go right now. But when the Lord says it's time, it's time. He's got a plan. But I, I'd like to stay here as long as I can. You know, I, I know it's a veil of tears a lot, this flesh we live in. But if you can help help someone, you know, and the way that I know to help people is through music, you know. I think it does. Absolutely, I do. Uh, you know, one thing we you didn't talk about, I'd like you to talk about this. I'm I'm constantly aware of how much music helps me. And you too have told me, oh yeah. So can you talk about that oh yeah a little bit? Like Yes. Uh, I, I, I have go-to music that I need if I'm, I can be uh, dealing with uh, anxiety, which is something I, it's a daily nemesis with me. Uh, but like there's certain artists I'll listen to and I, I get lost in and I can get lost into it and I pick my guitar up and start playing with them and just think about, hey, he's doing this right here. You know, and pretty soon I feel better, you know, and uh, I can name a few people like Guy Clark and these John Prine, you know, uh, Hank Williams, Steve Goodman, goes on and on to people I listen to. But yeah, there's something that's spiritual to me about music. Uh, I think it comes from the Lord. He's the master musician. You know, mm -hmm. he knows all the chords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's got a plan. And we don't, we don't, uh, I mean, just talking generally to people, we don't always know what Lord's plan is. We never know what his plan is, but we have an idea. And we're, we're going to find out one day. And uh, I, the, the one thing about getting a little starting to put a little age on is you find yourself slowing down a little bit, watching what you say a little bit, being kinder a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, because I look at anyone, and if if I ever feel anger towards anyone, I start thinking of them as the child they used to be, picturing that kid, that little kid. You don't, you don't want to hurt that little kid. You know, yeah. You want to help him, and that's that's. And and fortunately, I play music, so I don't I, I don't run into any trouble with people. They're always nice to me, and I'm thankful for that. Because you know, uh, like Billy, he came up. Billy Don Burns came off the stage one time. This guy stabbed him 17 times. You know, he didn't even know the guy. And I, really? Yes. Uh, well, that makes me a little wary. <laughs> it does me. I always watch for people walking up on me or walking up on another artist while they're playing. I watch for that. You just, 
I mean, I'll, it's, I'd love to trust everybody. And I'm I'm trying to be nice to everyone, you know. Like I say, people are nice to me, so that's never, I've never had a problem like that. But I know people who have, you know. But music is a, music is a great adventure. It's a great, wonderful story. Uh, and if you can write, you can create, you can create a story, you know. And people can listen to that and escape whatever is on their mind, whatever is bothering, maybe bothering them, maybe causing them anxiety or worry. And maybe they can listen to a song and get lost in that story and it turns things around for you. It gives you a good feeling. Sure does, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. Like, uh, I tell you something I admire a lot. You put, you know, Mark Sherrill. Yeah, that he's the last person I wrote a song with. Wow, I wrote a song with him. And That's awesome. T Bone Montgomery. The song's called Vet Church. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I have respect for Mark Sherrill. Old Red. Oh yeah. He wrote Old Red. He wrote uh, Some Fools Never Learn. Steve Warner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that song or not. But man, he's a wonderful writer. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's- and he's a good I, person. He is. I, I, man, I talk to him, pray with him. That's cool. I mean, his whole, his family's something else, man. Oh man, he's he's a famous dude, man. Yeah. He's a, he's, a songwriter extraordinaire. He's been a real friend to me. That's cool. He's prayed for me. That's I've good. Prayed, I prayed with him many times. I'd like to really sit down and talk to him. I I met him, I followed him, and. uh Mickey Newberry's son. I don't recall his first name. Uh, oh. He's, I, he's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the names. I can't remember. You know what You know what got me about that guy? I talked to him, him and Mark Sherrill, and these guys are semi, like, they're famous. I mean, Mark is. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure Mickey, New, Mickey Newberry was famous. I mean, it's just this guy's dad. Uh, and they were great. They talked to me. They went outside for like 15 minutes and came back in. And I had forgotten uh, the Newberry, Mr. Newberry's name. And he knew my name. He remembered my name. And I was like, man, that's cool. This dude, he didn't even have to talk to me. You know, he's, he's somebody that's established. And uh, he... He stuck his hand at you, Robbie. It was nice to meet you, and I was—I was. That really impressed me. Uh, it's easy to uh, lose your way, even. You know, if you can, if you write music and you put stuff out, it's easy to start thinking you're more than you are, and if you listen to people, you know. Uh, we see that too. Yeah, you can look over and see another artist and go. Oh, you know, in the back of your mind, you realize that old boy thinks he, he's full of himself. Yeah. And yeah, you, you so. know the guy standing over in the corner, man, he runs circles around him on the guitar, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. humility's a real, that's it's a, an art form in itself. Man, that's the biggest key to all of this. Because if you don't have that, uh, nobody's going to want to hear your music. If you're not nice, if you can't be nice to people, you know, if you turn people off with your personality, then you know. Well, that's the that's what 
I mean, musicians move forward because of other musicians. Right. Like, I've got to go play for, do the stuff with Vet Church that I did, not because I was good or a good writer. It was y'all who told me that. It was other it was other musicians that said, Hey, you got something, you gotta keep going here. Well, that's you and are a good writer. There. You are, yes, you are a good writer. That's why you get encouraged. When it, but that's that's it though. If I was if after somebody told me that the first time, I was like, Look, I can write a song then then the next person over here would be like, I don't want that guy right. on the stage that's, with me, man. That's what happens. But uh that's not the case with, with you, though, and it's not the case with, with any. you either. I mean, we, we've both been blessed. Right, right. Uh, realizing that is a blessing because that's half the battle. Yeah. If you can write a song and if you have the talent to get it in front of people and play it and you're not afraid to do that, uh, and and you can complete that song and do that, you've, you've done something. You know, you've created something there. That, like I say, can be a tool to uh, maybe ease someone's pain, you know, or uh, oh, yeah. take them away from from whatever they're being bothered by, being hindered by. Music such that sets me free. Well, you know, here it is a rainy day at the festival. I mean, the festival. The outdoor activities got rained out, but the woe that didn't stop from the crowning of the queen and the king. The king and what, what else did they do in there? All kinds of stuff, the dancing, the yeah, all the Cajun traditions stuff. The the queen and king of the, of the festival, man, uh, it's so cool. And yeah. and we and there's people sitting there playing cards, healing. Yeah, and you see that exactly what you're saying about healing. You see people and. And like when you got up to play, you know, there's this, and I, I think it's a sinful thing inside of me. It goes, man, I want to play too. And then, and then I push that aside. I go, hang on a second. I get to hear Robbie for a minute. And I did. And I, I man, it was so awesome to me. Cause he's like, one of our veterans is going to come right, you know, and it's a big deal to me that you're up there playing man because you're my friend and it's not because of what you do for vet church or any other veteran community it's not because your son is you know crazy famous as a fiddle player does he call it fiddle or violin i think it's fiddle in country fiddle music. yeah it's yeah. a fiddle yeah he do it all man yeah <laughs> um he can he can too it's uh but it's, it's not because of that stuff it's because i've got to know robbie holder I was watching you shine, man. Oh, thank you, brother. And it's beautiful because another thing it does for me is I see you shine, and it gives me some of that same hope. Exactly. It's like, you know what? We, I mean, like, just this little thing, right? Us sitting talking. We planned on doing it. It didn't happen. Then we went, we played a show at the National Cathedral. If you go up and you see the National Cathedral up in those towers, in Washington, you go up on the seventh floor. Above the cathedral itself, on the seventh floor in the middle of the air, there's a chapel built into that tall tower. And it's pretty big. We have like 60, 70, 80 people up in there. Yeah, probably, yeah, I don't, there's a lot. It, it, was, it cool. was a bunch, man. It was very and cool. We were playing, and me and you and Lance and uh, Emily Grace Clark and Justin Touche. Right. 
and we sat up there and played. And then I loved it at the end where Lance jumped on the piano, and then some kid off the street goes up with a penny whistle. With a penny whistle, and he plays the national anthem and a bunch of other like patriotic stuff. And we all just sat around and we sang some songs together. And I'll never forget, like, you sitting there. Like, there's some good pictures. Road Dog took them pictures of you up on that stage. And it's like. He's good with that camera. Kevin is. Road Dog. Man, he is, eh? Yes, he is. Well, that's the other thing. Like, Kevin said something about, like, this being so important. Not just for me and you to heal. But, like, what it does for other people. That he tries to capture it. He's filmed you before, right? Oh, Many times, I think. Yeah. He's been around a lot of times when I played. He drives places just to see us. Oh, I know. I mean, he came from Minnesota. To, yeah, to this right here. We're in the south. We're almost as south as you can go in Louisiana. Well, we're down up against the swamp. Down literally here. within 15, no, 20 feet of us right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Morgan City, Louisiana, if you look that up. <laughs> it's a small island. Yeah. There's a, now, there's a land, what do they call it, a land bridge. They made a bridge, but it's right. all land. And um, we basically bridged this thing. But within 15 feet of us, if you had a sailboat or whatever, you could go all the way to anywhere in the world from yeah. right here. Yep, that's fine. Sure is. You can also get eaten by gators. <laughs> uh, I ate some gator while I was here. I, you know, I've never eaten any gator. I'd like to try that. Uh, up in uh, Atchafalaya. Atch 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 yeah, yeah, cafe. Yeah, this, we're in the Atchafalaya Basin here. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah, it's what it's called. Okay. Well, I went up there to Clay Walker. And I, was, hey, another, I think it's Clay Walker. Yeah, man. A good friend of mine, Randy Lynham, was his fiddle player. Really? And he recorded he recorded with me, Randy. Uh, he also, uh, Wade Hayes. Wade Hayes, it was, they were each other's best man at their weddings. I know all that. Randy lives in Owensboro, where I live. He, he's uh, he's younger than I am, but he has uh, he's had his hips replaced. He had arthritis, so he doesn't go on the road anymore that I know of but man playing with that guy it's like butter I mean he knows exactly you're playing and he just goes he he's knows where you're going in his pocket yeah he's right there it's so he's on top yeah. of it and kind and humble you know well it's I mean music to me just it changes everything you know it's like it's so easy to wonder about this and that, and your mind, my mind just keeps going. Yes. You turn the music on, and you're somewhere else. Like when I, we, we walked in today, you were, who are you watching? The Cleverleys. That's right. You, get, you guys look them up now. They are clever. They are. <laughs> They, they're from Arkansas. I want to find out where one of them lives. I want to walk up, knock on his door, and shake his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, these guys are white country boys, and they, they do, they'll take, like, rap songs and, and do them with instruments. And, uh, straight up bluegrass. Yeah, straight up hardcore. Great, man. I love them. The Cleverleys. Yeah, yeah they're... <laughs> <laughs> so we started with... 
the Navy. We talked about dreams, the power of songs, famous people, your family. Anything else you want to hit? Yeah, I need to say something about my wife. I think I left, my skipped over her. Uh, I re- honestly, you know, the truth is when you see people play on stage and uh, you th- you think you, uh, you think, oh, I like this guy, you know, I like this person, or an actor, and oh, I like that guy. But if you really knew him, would you like them? You know, you might not. You might not. That's interesting. Yes, it is. And that's a fact. But, you know, my wife, she was with me before I had any PTSD. We were married. And this happened to me while we were married. And uh, I, I don't want to go into those things, but... My wife, she's 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 a rock. Uh, she not only helps me, she helps anybody in her path, and she's tireless with it. And uh, I'm thankful, so thankful for Belva Bates Holder. I don't think I'd be alive without her. Uh, I can get in the car and go to California. She knows I'm going to do what I want to do. But I don't do a lot. I don't go out and do a lot of stuff. I'm I'm centered with my music. And she she takes trips with her girlfriends. I I don't I don't care. There's no jealousy involved with us. We both know we've been together so long. You know, I have no interest in it in a relationship with anyone else, any other woman. That's just not going to happen. So, yeah, she's wonderful, and I've been blessed with with my family. How long y'all been married? We've been married 42 years on the 3rd of this month. Whoa. Yeah. Well, what do you say, uh... Congratulations! I think it's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you should, you probably should say uh, that that woman needs a gold medal or something, you know. Uh, but got married. I was in. I had to be report to the Philippines like 11 days later. Had to be there. Got transferred from there to. Well, we flew to the Philippines and then on to. Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, Japan, into uh, Diego Garcia out in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Caught a ship, went through the Straits of Hormuz, and uh, took a Chinook from this ship to the Ike, and we got off on the deck. And man, it's like it's like a bad a bad wreck up there all the time on the deck, man. I mean. It's dangerous. And they're yelling and screaming at us to get out and get through this passage into this, into this door on the ship. But uh, that was interesting. I never went up there. It didn't scare me. That's the truth. Yeah. I, I got buddies that loved it, and they, they loved the danger of it. Uh, I did not. First bit church interview I did. Guy lost his, and this is way back before we were. We had the, you know, 
in the first 84 before we had the waivers and vet church was this 501c3 and a guy named dan was telling me about he lost a finger up there because mm-hmm. he, he they told him you're going to do this he's i'm not trained to do that and they're like we need somebody to do it you're going to do it he moved his hand just the wrong way and he said if i just known I, i'd still have my finger right. nobody told him that yeah yeah well i know where where i was the people and the people i was involved with it there was a lot of training we did a lot of training and uh you didn't you didn't go up there unless you had business up there you yeah know? those jets are turning man you, you can't hear everything's done by hand signals and uh and you know where to look to see the hand signals yes and you better know where to stand because uh that jet engine will suck you in the intake will suck you in and it'll spit you out but uh you know that's life uh doing we doing that kind of thing is i have said to a lot of my brothers that it's wor- it would be worth giving up your life for the freedom of this country it would be i believe that and, uh, and you and me and every other veteran gave them that opportunity absolutely absolutely we did it man our lives when I think about it, man, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I mean, I, I've liked I've liked some fast motorcycles and all that stuff, and and yet I can tell you I'm not. I don't know, like when you said being on a Chinook, man, it took me right to the time I was on a Chinook. You know, like it's the yeah, and and many flights, and it's kind of like, wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm not that guy. I'm not looking for that rush. No, and yet I was there and I got it. <laughs> yes, yeah, and hundreds of us do. Right. That's why the, this whole bit church idea was like, you know, it's somehow I believe in this God that's real, but because I believe in the God that's real, I believe in the sacredness of everybody's story. I believe every single person has a sacred story. So whether or not. This isn't about convincing anybody to believe in God. It's about telling them their story's sacred. Right. We all have a story. Everybody, like you said. And that thing I I mentioned earlier about, it's helped me a lot about looking at someone and thinking of them as a child, you know, and forgiving them and help them, you know, if you can. Uh, that's helped me anyway. Maybe maybe somebody out there can can connect with that. But you also have to think of yourself as a child and forgive that child and love that child. Because you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. Mm, buddy, that's yeah. And it's not that's not being uh self uh that's just uh that's just nature uh you have to love yourself and and that's very important because it gives you compassion for others you know and that's what we all need to have especially the way things are in this world now we need to come together as a country i don't care if you're black white whatever uh muslim whatever 
we're all Americans here and we don't have to agree on everything. But we don't need to hurt each other. We need to help each other. And uh, I think music's one way that that goes down. I just feel fortunate to know so many great, great people. I tell you what, I feel like I, especially sitting here and hearing you say that, I feel that over the last four or five years, I've known a great man in knowing Robbie Holder. Oh, thank and I, I tell you what, it's. I'm glad we finally got around to doing this. It's like every time we had it set up, something come up for both of us. Wasn't meant to be till now. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. And I, that respect is uh, reciprocated, brother, you know. Well, I'll tell you, it's, um, man, it's, it's, I think we got a lot of work to do. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing a two or three week tour with you around the United States. Yeah, definitely. Um, Y'all. Come on out and meet Robbie Holder. And and come out and meet Matt Williams. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, bring it. And, and what we want to do is we want to hear y'all's stories, too. You guys got stories. Whoever you are listening to this, you got a story. Come on. Let's do the Vet Church interview. And um, in the interest of, of supporting the uh, Holder family, y'all go out and see some Dylan Carmichael, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dylan Carmichael's great. Well, I'll tell you, your son, Jake. He's a great, I mean, well, as far as, man, the ability to make this little bitty thing. It's magical. Oh, and he, and he's like, he's, I played with a number of fiddle players and, and very seldom do you find one that kind of sets the groundwork for the, for everything else that's happening. Yeah. I'm out. I saw somebody playing a band two weeks ago, and she stood in and played. And my, my, I was sitting up there with my sax player, and he leans over to me. He's like, "Man, she knows when not to play." Right. That's and important. It's huge, right? I mean, like because when you have when you have the ability to play the instrument and you can play it powerfully, not playing is just as important. It's uh, the holes you leave. Makes it good when you sing a song, when you play a guitar. Great guitar players, it's they make great licks, but it's also the holes they leave in the in their leads. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's big. You know, it's a big part of it. And Jake's learned, he learned a lot playing with Kyle and those guys. You know, did he play with you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake, I know you've done some shows. I've seen. Yeah quite a few videos and I love it you know it's like yeah. here's father son doing something yeah we we used to play we played in a couple bands together uh, when Jake was younger but uh yeah we're talking about doing a show coming up maybe in Owensboro is, is Cody still hitting the no uh no he's 
he really doesn't have time. He, he lives about he lives in Evansville, Indiana, about forty miles know, north. Yeah, that's just yeah. And uh, I spent a night there one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent a month there one day. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I've said it backwards, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I discovered about Indiana? It's America too. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good people over there. They sure are, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jose. Yeah. That's right. You know Jose. I do. Yeah. He got another degree recently. You've seen that, too. Yeah. But he's getting married. He may be married right now. Wow. He asked me to do the wedding, and I had all this stuff planned. And November was a hard month for me, and I had to decline because... PTSD and everything. He and he he totally understood. It's like I can't cram too much in anymore. I just, I just can't do it. Yeah. I and know. um, what you mean? Jose was like, but they came down. They take a little vacation, come down see us. And um, if y'all ever come down to Destin or anything, and we're gonna do some prayer retreats this year with Vet Church down on the beach, Pensacola. And uh, y'all, you, if you come down, make sure to stop by and say hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to come see you of an Owensburg. It's been a bit for me from, you know, I was at Fort Knox and Fort Campbell. That's where I got out, Fort Campbell. Right, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, they're both about an hour, an hour and a half from where I live. Yep. I, live I live on the Ohio River in Owensboro, Kentucky. It's a beautiful place. Well, my middle name being Owen, I've always wanted to go to Owensboro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've drove by many times. Because that is, it's it's right, you have to turn kind of to the left if yeah. you're going from Campbell up to Knox. If you're coming back down, you got to turn to the right and make that 90-degree turn. I just never made the turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, actually, you know, it's the uh, bluegrass capital of the world. Is uh, Really? Yes. But Bill, Bill Monroe was born in, uh, I think, Rosine. Which is about thirty miles south of Owensboro, but Owensboro is the biggest, largest city in Western Kentucky, and uh, I think that's why they put the museum there. And, uh, and they've got a Walk of Fame, and I've been walking, look down, and see people's names. It's like wow. Uh, there's so many. So many greats out there, and uh, they've they those uh, bluegrass people. The uh, they're real pickers. They really can tear, tear the guitars up, man. I don't understand how they do it. I've sat yeah. and watched and tried to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, the Del McClory, McClory band. Wow, did an album with Steve Earle called The Mountain. Man, what a great album. What. Uh, but yeah, there's a. I'm fortunate. I was raised in a family in Hank Williams or Patsy Cline or Willie, Willie Nelson uh, was always on being played. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up with that. I mean, just passed it on to your boys. Yes. Yeah, my boys. They 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 listen to a wider variety of music than I do. They, you know. They listen to, I don't listen to much rap. Uh, not that it's not, 
well, I always have to tell my boys this, and I tell people this: if if I don't like something, that doesn't mean it's not good, you know. Right, right. Everybody's not going to like everything, but it doesn't mean it's not great. I yeah. mean, you know, we just we we uh, that's a good thing about music: you can find what you like and listen to it. It's great. Well, you hey, do you, have you ever written a song, and you're not so keen on it? But somebody else hears you, and they're like, oh, that's my song. And then you're like, okay, hopefully they'll forget that. And they're like, hey, would you play that song again? You're like, uh, have you ever had it happen? Yeah, yeah. And and I've also had a situation where I think a song's done, and sometimes I forget about them. They're in my notebook. I'm going through it, and it's like, wow, that's pretty good. I'll see these lines and wait, wait a minute. What am I talking about here? You know, I, <laughs> where did that come yeah, from? It's like you need to. I try to. I try to do it with like a jeweler's ah uh, when I self edit. You know, to get to get to the heart of what I'm trying to say and make it simple. But like we're talking about, leave people enough room to to add their own. Mm-hmm. Leave a hole in there for them to put their thoughts in it, you know. Well, without the listener, without the audience, without the fans, whatever you want to call other people, the artist, without the other side, is a. I mean, you're just in the dark by yourself. That's right. You're playing for your own enjoyment at that point. And and those with the skills and the talents, you, at some point you realize it's not just for you. So be kind enough to invite the audience in. Absolutely. That's what it's about. It's about the audience. Yeah. To me, that's what music's about. And you got to read it. Every audience is different. Some are going to hear this song. And you know, that was one thing tough for me when I first started was I had to tell everybody about this veteran experience. Right. And in some venues, that was not appropriate. Right. Yeah. And I did it, and it it went over like a Led Zeppelin, not quite like Led Zeppelin, but yeah, right. <laughs> but you learn from it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, you go go get your butt kicked, and then you heal up, and then you go back. You know, and it's that's how you. Over the years, that's how you do it. You know, and. Uh, what do you tell us about? You know, I, I would like to add in something like, "Hey, if you got talent, tell us about talent." What do you think about talent? The word—it's a weird word. Well, you've got talent. What do you think about that? Well, uh, there is a talent. Uh, anybody can learn to play a guitar, but not everybody has talent. And uh, it's like anybody can drive a car. But not everybody, everyone has the talent to, to drive a race car, you know. Uh, playing music, if you're going to get up in front of people and play music, you you better do you better practice, you know, because people will <laughs> come down on you, you know, if you're performing, and uh, it takes it just it just takes work to get to get there, and uh, that's what it's about, because you want to have a you want to be able to step up on stage and say, hey. This is who I am. Yeah, this is it, and I'm going to do this for you. And, you know, you'll always, seems like there's always people looking right at you, listening. 
you know, and that's cool. Uh, I, there's no better feeling for me at this point in my life. I, you know, uh, I don't want to drive fast anymore. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't chase women. Uh, music's my thing. I love it. Uh, I love musicians. And I love being around. It's family like tonight. This is a music family. That's what I call it. You yeah. Know? This is our music family. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's strange because, like, the last honky talk may be over. Yet, all these folks here, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting pulled back in. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. And people, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I met like five, six veterans here who live around here. I got to come back up here and do it, vet, vet church interviews. Like, yeah. They, yeah. I had five or six people say, hey, come back and like, you know, maybe sometime in February, can you come on back? And <laughs> yeah. Got invited to go play to MC that you, you've played at. Um, yeah, that's cool. And, uh, and, and they, you know, I think it's just an awesome thing. And even maybe on our tour, maybe all of us go to that MC and play. Sure. You know, in, cause I think some of this stuff, Maybe, you know, some, sometimes for me, I think maybe the playing is just part of, it's not secondary, it's not first, it's just part of the whole story, like the story's important, the music's important, uh, going to dinner's important. Right. You right. know, all that little stuff's important, Absolutely. every bit of it, there's a place. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much, uh, when you're, when you're on the road, you know, you gotta be somewhere, Certain time, you know, I need to get something to eat. I need to, I need to, need to take a shower, you know. I need to do this. I need to make sure I've got all my equipment, you know. Really, uh, there's a lot that goes into it, you know. And uh, it takes a while to get used to all that. You find yourself leaving. I've got a good friend. He's a great musician. He's been down 50 miles down the road and realized his guitar's at home. You know, yeah. I mean, stuff like it happens. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. I thought about it halfway here. I was like, crap, did I throw my guitar in? Uh, yeah. I pulled over and looked. Right. And there was probably relief when you man, yep. wow. Yeah. I know. Well, I had to check, make sure I had the mics setting us up. And then I turned out this, the headphones are broken. <laughs> but. I think, it, I think it worked out good. I think this is really good. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm not much. Uh, I'm 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 not a guru, for, but I do believe that most people have it in them to be good good people, and we need to to to, to borrow a phrase from Abraham Lincoln without sounding sounding trite. We all need to find the better angels of our nature, and oh yeah, yeah, and uh, treat people treat people like you'd like to be treated. There's a sign in the guy's yard on my street, and it says, "Drive like your kids live here." You know, and that's I try to treat people with with that respect. You know, and if they'll let me, I will. Yeah. If they won't, I'll, I'll just move on my way. 
Well, I sure appreciate you doing this, leading us into some hope, sharing your life. Thank you, guys. No problem, Matt. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed it. We've been trying to do it for three, four, five years. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit. Yeah. We talked about it. We talked about doing this the first. First, I just started doing this, and we talked about it. Yeah. And then you got a show, and I got a show, and then yeah. we went over here, and I was over there, and it just never happened. Well, we can start playing some shows together. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Me I had too. a great time playing you with you in the in the storytelling songwriting circle. Yeah, and uh, I, I look forward to keeping this going. Oh yeah, every year, you know. Lord willing, we will. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Real cool. Well, thank you for being on the program. You're welcome. Or show or whatever been, we're calling this. It's been my pleasure, brother. <laughs> Mine too, man. I've always had, I've always had fun with you, Matt. Yeah. Every time. I, I'm telling you, man. I saw you pull up. It just made me smile. That's cool. Uh, I love you, man. All right. I, I thank y'all for listening. Come on. It's time to tell your story. Your story's important. You have value and you have worth. And we're, uh, we need to hear it. We need this kind of hope. Thank y'all. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.